Hello, I'm Brian, and this is Old School Relaxation. Guided meditation and relaxation the old school RPG way. Get comfortable, open your ears and your mind, and let me do the work. Tonight's episode is inspired by Metamorphosis Alpha. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or just enjoy the podcast and want to help me out, please leave me a multi-star review on the Apple Podcast page. If you want to say a few words, even better. Let's start by making sure you're hydrated, comfortable, and relaxed. Leave the concerns of 2020 behind, letting any worries flow through you. Concentrate on my voice and imagine yourself traveling through the world that I describe. Here we go. Mankind's urge to explore and expand its frontiers caused a push into the vastness of space. A great migration wave was spreading from Earth out to the hundreds of inhabitable worlds within reach. Colonization ships went out to the stars, bearing colonies seeking a better life. Many arrived, but some were lost. The starship Warden was the most ambitious ever attempted, an oval spheroid of tremendous size. The vessel contained complete towns and cities, as well as Earth environments like forest, plains, and jungle. A simple system of bracelet-coated locks was used to ensure that colonists did not stray into command or maintenance areas. With the flora and fauna of Earth, one and a half million colonists and 50,000 crew members, the warden set out to found a new world, light years from its old home. Then, a disaster of some kind struck. It bypassed all of the ship's protection systems and shields. The colonists, animals, and plants were hit hard and killed or mutated. Some of the vessel's systems were affected, and unstable radioactive areas appeared on the ship. Survivors took to living in the huge parks of the ship. A handful remained who tried to restore sanity and order to the starship. They failed. Life became a struggle merely to survive. In this struggle, all knowledge of the ship's mission, or even that people were on a ship, was lost. Ship's systems were maintained in a minimum operative state by the vessel's main computer and its robots. Later generations of humans lost all sense of identity, with the ship regressing into a state of savagery. The humans settled into a tribal way of life, and those few that traveled and came back told of areas where the animals walked like men, and plants were able to talk and move. The vessel traveled on, with its safety systems preventing the ship's destruction by crashing into a planet or burning up in a sun. It is only a matter of time until even those almost perfect systems fail, and the starship dies. Until that time, life continues to flourish, and the warden travels on, much changed from what it once was. You live in a nice, sleepy, small village. You're a mutant, with special powers. Your best friend, Melissarg, is a mutant. In fact, everyone you know in the village is a mutant, with special abilities. Except for, oddly, Zendor, the chief, who, while being tall and very handsome, is not in fact blessed with special abilities as far as you know. Some folks in your village have quills or can regenerate, or hide with chameleon powers, or hunt with radiated eyes, or are protected by a partial or total carapace. Others have mutations you can't see, such as teleportation, or levitation, or force field generation, or even pyrokinesis. You get the idea. Life is good, but then one day it starts getting cold, 
and the crops and the fruit trees die. It has never gotten cold before. One day there's a flash of light, and the sky changes from blue to reveal a kind of roof or ceiling, and the distant mountains and plains to the east and west of your village disappear, replaced by curved metallic walls. Then another flash, and everything is back to normal. What the heck is going on? Something is deeply wrong, and your village sends out people in every direction to find out what's happening and to get help. You and your friends are one of those groups. Young, untested, you will save the village and come back as adults, or you will die trying. Your group is a mixed bunch. You yourself have the mutation of electrical generation. You also have a pair of black boots, a protein disruptor gun, and a vest of chest armor that has been passed down through your family. Melissarg is short, hairless, with pointed ears, and deadly with a bow. She also has the sonic attack mutation. El Marco is tall, with a reptilian crest on his head and neck, and a single eye like a cyclops. He wears a large belt that shimmers when he presses a button, and protects him like armor, and he wields a laser rifle that he found in a hunt. And finally, Scorchera, small and winged, blessed with the flame powers mutation. Strolling farther away from your village than you ever have, you quickly discover that the distant mountains are in fact an illusion of some kind, and are instead some kind of barrier or wall that doesn't resemble mountains up close at all. There is a metallic double door in the wall, but it has no handle. Off to the right is a ramp, leading gently upwards. This is really putting the zap on your head, because you didn't think your world was shaped this way. While you were trying to decide what to do, a group of Kugroids snuck up on you. These intelligent creatures walk on two legs, communicate, and use tools, but are descended from big cats. While their faces are extremely cute to behold, they are dangerous, and have evolved a fur that is resistant to paralysis, lasers, and electrical energy. They have a blind spot when it comes to robots, and exude a wonderful aroma of nutmeg. They attack as soon as you notice them, and you are forced to defend yourself. They seem surprised by your mutations, and between your protein disruptor pistol, El Marco's mind control, Melissarg's sonic attacks, and Scorchera's flame powers, you overwhelm your attackers and finish them off with your spears, knives, and shivs. That was a potentially stressful situation, so take a minute to center yourself, make sure you are still comfortable, and take a few deep breaths, exhaling slowly. Maybe get a snack. Now, rejoin me on the Warden. You search the Kugroids and take their stuff, which was the only rule the elders of the village gave you before they sent you off on this quest. Always take their stuff. Among the weapons, foodstuffs, and strange technology you find are four bracelets made of a strange metal, colored red, brown, steel gray, and white, with strange symbols on them. El Marco notices that one of the runes matches a rune to the side of the double doors. When you wave the red bracelet near it, lights turn on around the doors, and they open by sliding sideways into the wall. Beyond is revealed a small room. You all enter. Some music begins to play from somewhere above you, and the doors close. The room begins moving upwards. Some of the elders have told you stories of such magical rooms that take you places, but you hadn't believed them. Moments later, the doors open upon a grassy field. In the distance is a round dwelling with a peaked roof and a deck running around half of it. Trying all the bracelets, the door opens to the white one, revealing a pleasant interior of dark wood 
Carpeting, places to sit, many small rooms, and a great many devices which you don't understand. Strange music somehow plays from the ceiling, and you find yourselves humming along and dancing a bit to the music of the ancients as you explore. Upon inspecting a metal statue decorated with a big red cross, it suddenly comes to life, making beeping noises and flashing lights. At first the robot, for that is what it is, a robot, is kind of rude and aggressive, demanding to know who you are and why you are in the house, until it passes near Melissarg and her white bracelet. The robot then becomes very friendly, calling Melissarg doctor and offering refreshments from a small, cold box. The robot says it can take you to the sanctuary, a place which it says will have the solution to your village's problems. A safe place, organized by the crew after the great disaster, to assist the passengers. You have no idea what that means, but the words fill you with a sense of confidence, relaxation, and safety. You embark on a great journey with your new Dr. Robot friend, who sometimes points out interesting things as you pass them by. Oh, look! Behold the town of New Buffalo Grove, known for its gazebos and hobby shops. Little remains today. Just beyond are the Carpathian Mountains, or rather the hologram of them. I'll explain later. The people of your village would not believe the things you see on your journey to the sanctuary. On your way to the far end of the deck, as Dr. Robot calls this part of the world, you encounter wolfoids, bipedal timber wolves wearing heavy plant fiber armor and armed with swords as you traverse the prairie, and thief beasts, highly intelligent raccoon creatures with mental powers and advanced weapons as you pick your way through the ruins of an old pre-disaster town. You get past them with quick thinking and a refusal to show fear. Animals can sense fear, you remembered your father telling you. You also give them most of your food. While on a deck full of forest, you narrowly avoid being shanked by dive-bombing stabbers, two-foot-tall, three-foot-long angry woodpeckers with five-inch beaks. Later, you have an interesting conversation with a black one, a four-foot-tall mutated wolf spider with the ability to generate electricity just like you. Luckily, you bond over that fact, and it lets you pass, because honestly, that thing was terrifying. Finally, you trade with a village of hawkoids, four-foot-tall mutated sparrowhawks with mental powers that have been collecting shiny objects. They are not friendly, but business is business. On a jungle deck, you stumble into a jawed plant, a nine-foot-tall, fully mobile, mutated Venus flytrap with a mental ability to paralyze prey, and everyone is nearly captured and dissolved until the plant is shot, burned, electrocuted, deafened, and mind-controlled into submission at the last minute. That was a close one. Forced to avoid a large area of radiation, the Dr. Robot takes you between decks. The spaces between the world, as Scorchera calls them, and encounter a patrol of baroids, 12-foot-tall mutated bears with mental powers and a fierce right hook. Luckily, they are nearsighted, and you avoid them by creating a distraction with mind control and sonic attacks. You finally reach the sanctuary, only to find wreckage, non-functional medical robots, and the skeletons of many people in blue uniforms, along with the skeletons of many others, human, mutant, and otherwise. It looks as if a big battle happened here, but long ago. Upon entering the control room, you see rows of windows showing different places on the ship. Dr. Robot calls them banks of monitors. Eventually, you find your village on one of the windows. There is a red light blinking on a console under it. 
Deciding to take a chance, you press the blinking button, and it turns green. The main ship's computer speaks to you, asking if you need a system reset and emergency supplies delivery. You say yes, and upon returning home, the temperature has stabilized. Strange but delicious food in boxes, bottles, and jars has appeared overnight, and you are hailed as heroes. You will head out to explore again before too long. Toward what strange fate, you do not know. Thank you for joining me. I hope I have brought you some relaxation and maybe a smile. Until next time, this has been your close personal friend, Brian, with another installment of Old School Relaxation. <laughs> <laughs>